1: Two little ducks, 22. Those weeks are whipping by, Claire. Hopefully this is how you're feeling too.
0: (laughs) This week we'll be talking about glowing, how to overcome arguments and gestational diabetes. Okay, let's find out more about what's happening inside first. What's happening for baby? Your baby now looks like a miniature newborn, albeit a daintier version as her baby fat is yet to appear. She still has a lot of growing to do before she's ready to be born. And Claire, I know how much you like it when we
1: compare the baby to a size of a vegetable. I do.
0: I love this bit.
1: (laughs) So this week, we've got a bit of a weird one. Your baby's the size of a spaghetti squash this week. Oh, yeah. Which, um, if you don't know, it's a bit smaller than a butternut squash.
0: Okay, a very specific small squash we've got here. We'll put the link in the show notes to a picture of this little known squash.
1: Yeah, think the size of a burger in a bun about that. That's more my kind of meal. (laughs) Yeah, your baby's fingernails now grow right to the tips of her fingers, which is quite amazing to think that's happening inside. And her eyes are formed, although the colour bit of the eye, the iris, that doesn't have any pigment yet.
0: Oh, brilliant. Okay, so your baby continues to swallow amniotic fluid, which is good practice for her digestive system. Her body is absorbing tiny amounts of sugar from the fluid, which supplements the nourishment
1: she receives from your placenta. And still on the whole digestive system, there's a sticky byproduct called meconium, which it begins to accumulate in her bowel. When your baby's born, the meconium will be her first poop and you'll be hearing more about this again. Oh, you will, you will. And if you're having a
0: baby girl, her mammary glands, which are responsible for making breast milk, start to develop this week. If you're having a boy, his testes are now starting to descend from his pelvis into his
1: scrotum. And you'll be hearing about that again too. <laughs> Great. Okay, fascinating stuff, Claire. Let's move on to what's going on for mum. What's happening for you? We've reached a point where it's time to glow. Your radiant skin is proof that not all pregnancy symptoms are unpleasant. Yay. You're retaining more moisture than you did before you conceived. And you have a lot more blood pumping through your body. So many facts in here. The effect on your skin is commonly known as the pregnancy glow. Your hair's probably looking pretty great too. Oh, I love that bit.
0: Yeah, before you were pregnant, you grew new hairs at the same rate that your older hairs fell out. Thanks to extra oestrogen in your system, your hairs are now growing for a much longer time before they fall out. So your locks are looking extra voluminous. Sassy. Hey. Having said all this, don't worry if your hair and skin don't look any different. Not all women experience the pregnancy glow. What was the
1: pity? Did
0: you, Claire? Probably not. I think it was probably less of a glow and more of a slightly sweaty hot flush. But (laughs) I can't really remember.
1: (laughs) I like the glow stage. Massaging your bumps a great way to bond with your baby at this stage too. As long as you're gentle, it won't hurt her. The first time you feel your baby move in response to your touch is a pretty special milestone. Definitely. Massage can improve your circulation, sleep, and mood too. It's also something partners could get involved with. And a free massage for mum too. Always up front of them. Yep. Too embarrassed to ask. Our too embarrassed to ask question this week, Claire, is I'm feeling really emotional and I'm arguing with my partner loads. Is this normal?
0: Yeah, we all sort of think that having a baby is such a joyful time, don't we? And of course it really is, but it can also be a time of massive stress.
1: Huge stress. There are a lot of issues for parents
0: to be to work through. So many questions going through your head. Oh, constantly. What will a baby mean for my life going forward? How will a child affect my relationships? And will I have support from my partner and
1: family members once the baby's arrived? Will I be a good parent? How will I handle my new responsibilities? They're all racing through my head. Mine too. There are so many practical things to think about as well. Being prepared financially, I remember that was a worry for me, potentially living on a reduced income for a while and then there's the whole issue about childcare costs even when you do go back to work, if you go back to work. I
0: think money is one of the biggest stresses for new parents. Yeah. So it isn't surprising that you might be arguing with your partner. Unfortunately, the more anxious you become, the harder it is to listen or to put yourself in others' shoes. The worse your arguments become, the more likely it is that you'll take the opposite view as well, or certainly in my case. So how do you break this negative cycle of rows and start again? Maybe you've got the answer, Lucy. (laughs)
1: Have any of us got the answer, clear? I think it's a, <laughs> it's a constant question in a relationship, isn't it? It's,
0: yeah, it never goes away.
1: <laughs> no. The Baby Centre Relationship Expert advice is in the show notes for you. But essentially, they say you should start by looking for your similarities rather than your differences. Oh, good advice. <laughs> good advice. So although you're both excited about becoming parents, you may be worried too you probably got a lot of similar concerns, to be honest. I think we did, actually, when we sat down and talked about it. So money, I bet you're both worried about money. Yep. Or even maybe about how your identities are going to change once you become parents. At the end of the day, you just want what's best for you and your family, don't you?
0: Of course. And if you're rowing about a lot of little things, like who's emptying the dishwasher... A
1: regular point of conflict in our house now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Take a step back and ask yourself, what is this argument really about? Like, It's probably not about the dishwasher. It, no. Or it might be. It... It's likely it's a sort of unexpressed tension about the baby and it's popping up somewhere else. If you're both feeling tense and anxious, it's only natural for your fuses to be a bit shorter than usual. Yeah. For me, a lot of arguments I had were about the change in status. I had to give up my career through circumstance and I didn't want to be the like sort of little woman at home. What did you argue about, Lucy? Uh,
1: When I was pregnant, I think they were about really silly things around the house. Definitely all the domestic stuff. Although, to be honest, that's not really stopped. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah that never stops it gets worse you'll probably identify a few sparks which have been driving these rows perhaps you've been resentful of him being able to go for a drink with his friends when you can't anymore perhaps you don't feel like he's realizing how hard pregnancy can be once you start talking about these issues you might
1: find a solution together. I think I even slightly resented being pregnant and feeling so poorly when he didn't, even though he was actually quite sympathetic to that. Have you noticed, Claire, in some relationships, one person tries to be positive all the time while the other one brings up the potential pitfalls?
0: Yes, those can be like really common roles to fall into, can't they?
1: Oh, yeah. And if it's true for you, it's no wonder you're driving each other up the wall. I guess it's a bit like being on a seesaw. You Kind yeah. of think of it that way, that the more you push down on your end, the higher he'll fly up on the other.
0: Oh, I feel like we're going down an exciting analogy here.
1: <laughs> I know my husband felt that he was having to worry for both of us, and he felt under quite a lot of pressure to become the breadwinner, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, I can relate to that. And I suppose with the seesaw, carrying on with that analogy, the more he complains at his end, the more upbeat you have to become to compensate.
1: Which can be tiring for both of you.
0: Yes, I can remember saying to my partner on the way to the scans, like, just be aware like something might be wrong. And... He thought I was being negative and was shooting up the other end on that seesaw when what I wanted was for him to just say, yeah, I know there's a small chance something might be wrong and, you know, we'll get through it together if there is. But I'm hopeful everything will be fine kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. I think that what we're mostly looking for is to sit in the middle together on the oh, seesaw <laughs> to we're make the whole the thing more together, balanced. Hands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, I'm a talker. So I find, no. to- yeah, I know, it's a shocker, isn't it? <laughs> But I find the talking about the fears and concerns helps me. It's definitely the way that I process stuff. And listening too, which can be really hard, especially without trying to talk them around or reassure them. But just listen.
0: Uh, yeah, I sort of ask questions to try and understand my husband's fears rather than second guessing or imagining something worse. That helps too, I guess.
1: Yeah, that sounds good.
0: Therapists talk about repeating it back so you can check that you've heard correctly. This is known as active listening, apparently. I
1: remember that next time I'm in a blazing
0: row. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just to be clear, is this what you just said? Yes. Yeah and I think I can definitely learn something from this advice. I'm sure me it gets too. better results than interrupting for your partner's finished or or the other thing that I tend to do, which is rehearsing your side of the argument while they talk.
1: Oh, yeah, I've done that. I guess if you show them that you're really trying to understand, then they're going to be more likely to return the favour and truly listen to you. Hopefully. These, these are lessons for me, yeah.
0: <laughs> Whenever we disagree or my husband isn't listening very well, I also try to remind myself not to take it too personally as... I know that the chances are he may be thinking about other things or he might feel like I'm on the attack a bit. And so I guess his silence is kind of his way of being defensive.
1: Yeah, that's very true. This, we've always got loads of other stuff going around our heads, haven't we? I yeah. tend to kind of, as soon as my husband walks through the door, just bombard him with stuff. And then he's not really kind of gone out of his work mode. And sometimes I have to remember that. It's tricky, yeah. isn't it? Another thing that I definitely need to do more is just try and be calmer. Say something like, share what's going through your head. I don't need a definitive answer now. I definitely should do that more.
0: Yeah, that's a really good tactic, actually. I like that one. And lastly, a bit of a silly one to finish on here. But if you want your partner to understand how it feels to be pregnant, and you find it's a bit of a laugh, then you could try out an empathy belly. Have you heard one of these? It's <laughs> essentially a rucksack worn the wrong way round with lots of bits in. Uh, but check out the video on Baby
1: Centre, and we'll put the link in the show notes. Just watch it, watch it for the lol, if nothing else. I'm not sure my husband would have done that. So let's be on part four. What do you expect
0: this week?
1: So what have we got to think about this week, Lucy? Okay, this week we are talking about gestational diabetes, so a bit of a complicated one. Gestational diabetes happens when you have too much sugar or glucose in your blood during pregnancy. Did you suffer from this, Claire? No, I didn't, but
0: one of my friends did. My slimmest, healthiest eating friend, actually. So whilst a high BMI does increase your risk, it's definitely not the only factor. Your blood sugar levels can go up when your body isn't producing enough insulin. And insulin helps the cells in your body to get energy from blood sugar, which helps your body to store any blood sugar that isn't needed.
1: Okay, it's like a school science lesson, this one then. Yes. (laughs) During pregnancy, hormones make it harder for your body to use insulin efficiently. So your body has to make extra insulin, especially from mid-pregnancy onwards. Ah. If your body can't make enough extra insulin, your blood sugar levels will rise. And that's when you may develop gestational diabetes.
0: Okay, so having too much sugar in your blood can cause problems for you and your baby, which is why everybody's on the lookout for this. You'll have extra care during your pregnancy if you have gestational diabetes. On average, it affects one mum-to-be in 20. Gestational diabetes goes away after your baby's born because it's a condition that's only caused by pregnancy. So Lucy, what are the symptoms of gestational diabetes?
1: Okay, you probably won't notice any symptoms, actually. That's why you'll be monitored by your midwife and offered a test if she thinks you're at risk. The symptoms are are like normal pregnancy symptoms and easy to miss. So by the time you have clear symptoms, your blood sugar levels may be worryingly high, which is called hyperglycemia. Symptoms of hyperglycemia include feeling more thirsty, needing to wee more often, having a dry mouth, feeling more tired, getting recurrent infections. So things like thrush or UTI and also having blurred vision they could all be signs.
0: Okay, so best to contact your midwife or doctor if you've got any of these.
1: Yeah. You
0: may be offered a test for gestational diabetes as part of your routine care, but this will depend on where you live in the UK, actually. In some areas, your midwife will only offer a test if she thinks you're at higher risk.
1: Okay, and the test for gestational diabetes is called a glucose tolerance test or GTT. Did you have one of these?
0: I had one. Yep, yeah, they're a bit of a pain as you can't eat that day before the test, which when you're pregnant is uh, worse than when you're not. (laughs) But yeah, they're done between 24 and 28 weeks pregnant and a bit earlier if you've had GD before. During the night and the morning before your test, you can't eat anything except... Drink plain water. It's a good idea to take a tasty snack with you so you'll have something to look forward to when the test is over.
1: Oh, did you? What did you take for your tasty snack? Yeah, I think
0: I took a sandwich or something. Yeah, the test is really simple. I had it at my GP's, but I think you can also have it at the hospital. And the nurse basically comes and takes a blood sample from you to get your baseline sugar level. And then she gives you a sugary drink. And then after two hours, the nurse comes back and she takes another blood sample from you. And then she can tell if you have gestational diabetes from the way that your body has responded to that sugar from the drink.
1: So did you have to hang around for two hours then?
0: Yes, I did. I I don't know if you're allowed to go off shopping, but uh, (laughs) I was very good and I sat there and read my book. I think I was just thankful for two hours just to sit on my own
1: without... So take a book or make sure your phone's fully
0: charged as well as your sandwich. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's important to go to all your antenatal appointments because another way that GD may be picked up is via a routine urine test. Yeah, You're probably used to taking wee samples every time you go, but make sure you do. Your blood sugar naturally goes up and down. But if your midwife finds too much sugar in two routine tests, she may offer you a glucose tolerance test.
0: Yeah, there's more info on the Baby Centre website about gestational diabetes and some great info on diet if you do have it. So... Cutting down on carbs and upping your veg and protein intake are the headlines. We'll put the link in the show notes. So that brings us to the end for this week. We should remind you that the podcast don't replace medical advice and you should speak to your doctor or midwife if you have any concerns.
1: We hope you stay well, stay healthy and look forward to 23 weeks next week. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Thanks so much for listening to The Parent Pod. If you'd like more expert advice and information, to others at your stage of pregnancy or get emails tailored to you and your baby. Download the Baby Centre app now or visit babycentre.co.uk. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just search for Baby Center UK. All the info we cover in each episode is linked in our show notes. If you loved our podcast and found it useful, please rate and review The Parent Pod wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to share it with your partner and friends.